everyone. Welcome to Native Minnesota, a podcast about the Native American experience in Minnesota and beyond. I'm your host, Rebecca Crook Stratton. I'm a member of the Shakopee Midwakton Sioux Community, or the SMSC. Today is bittersweet because it's our last episode. We started this podcast in 2021 as part of Understand Native Minnesota, our tribe's campaign focused on improving the narrative about Native Americans in Minnesota's K-12 schools. With the campaign wrapped up and my term as secretary-treasurer over, it's also time to end this series. Hosting this podcast has been a wonderful experience. Over the past 27 episodes, I've had conversations with more than 40 thought leaders and changemakers in Minnesota and across Indian country. In today's episode, I want to look back on some memorable moments, and I'd also like to talk about the Understand Native Minnesota campaign more broadly. It has accomplished a lot, and there's so much more ahead for my tribe. But first, let's revisit some of my favorite moments from the podcast. I spoke with authors Teresa, Terry Peterson, and Walter Super Labatt Jr. about the importance of telling Native stories. I think the big thing about stories is like when people hear a story, they start making connections to their own experience. But if we only tell one type of story, there's so many people that get left out of that connection. So I, I think that's been, to me, like one of the biggest um, like understanding of where people are at that they can make a personal connection to this story. Oh, that's, you know, this happened to me too, or like that. You know, when I, the other night when I was sharing somebody in the audience that was not a student, but, but older, an adult, I could see that it emotionally impacted them. So um, again, when we can say like me too, you know, that, that helps people to say, yeah, my experience also matters. I matter. We've talked about leadership with Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan. We're all in this together, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I really appreciate about your leadership, not only in your current role, but you are a people person and you do stress that, you know, we are in this together and we need to take care of each other. Um, and I, I see you bring people to the table that have never been at the table before, especially our tribal nations across Minnesota. Um, you know, signing the, the executive order that uh, requires consultation and having our um, tribal liaisons and all the, the state departments and um, supporting commissioners has been really impactful to Indian country. Um, can you talk a little bit about you know, definitely the, the importance uh, that was to you and kind of how you managed to convince, you know, others across the state that this is important enough to, to sign into law. For sure. So that has been, um, if we do nothing else, I feel like that's been a, a really important accomplishment um, of uh, codifying in law executive order uh, 1924. And you know, so much of that is driven by, um, I think folks think, oh, there's a Ojibwe woman as lieutenant governor. So of course they're going to do that. But I also want to make sure that the governor gets a lot of credit here too. Um, I've been friends with Tim Walls for a very long time. Um, and, you know, making sure that our tribal nations, um, you know, treaty rights, tribal sovereignty, honoring this government to government relationship has always been important to him. It certainly was when he was in Congress. And so, you know, 
even when we were on the campaign trail, it was, I want to make sure that people look at Minnesota as a model for how to try to get this this right. And so it's been a priority um, of ours since the beginning. And now our task is, you know, we've been in office for three years. Um, I hope there are more in our future. But if not, you know, we've been able to establish our tribal state relations office, these expectations that are now codified into law, that's simply the work that Minnesota should have been doing for the last 163 years. You shouldn't have to have Native people in office to do right by Native people. I've traveled to Prior Lake City Hall to talk about tribal city relations with Mayor Kurt Briggs. So, you know, what, what does being a good neighbor mean to the city of Prior Lake? Well, well first off, um, I have said often that we, the city of Prior Lake, couldn't have a better neighbor than the SMSC. And, um, you know, there's this old adage that uh, not everything that can be measured counts and not everything that counts can be measured. And I would say the, the value of the relationship through through many many good times, as well as to discuss some of the things that at times we need to partner up and move our communities forward. And it's been quite honestly a gift to come. I had no idea when elected mayor that it would bring with it the opportunity for this relationship. So um, yeah, as I as I reflect back, um, many of our accomplishments are are here for many many generations that we'll experience. And I, I know many of them is what I believe this council will be remembered for. And I know we'll talk about the water treatment plant, but one of the key things I certainly have come to experience is it's important to spend time also on the relationship, just the relationship itself. It's your point on trust and, um, and sitting down laughing um, when we can laugh and also um, when things are challenging. We had SMSC Wichipi Committee member Rosemma Lafferty on to describe Wichipi or powwows. Um, so you've danced at our Wichipi before and have been SMSC royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, what does being elected to royalty mean and, and why do you like to dance? Royalty is about being an ambassador for your tribe going out to different powwows, traveling around the world, and being a representation for yourself, your people, and your community. And why I love to dance is because it brings a lot of joy to me. It brings me energy, even when I don't have it. And I dance for the ones who aren't able to dance anymore and the ones who are no longer here. If there are any podcast episodes you missed, I encourage you to go back and check them out. Episodes are available on understandnativemn.org. Now, I'd like to turn to the efforts of the Understand Native Minnesota campaign. As I mentioned, this podcast is just a small component of our tribe's work to improve the Native narrative in Minnesota's K-12 schools. Over the course of our five-year campaign, we've been able to accomplish a lot. We commissioned and published original research and publications. This includes a new, first-of-its-kind guide to reliable Native American-related teaching resources for educators. It also includes an essential understandings for educators guide developed with the Native Governance Center to give teachers information about Native people and tribal governments. We provided professional development opportunities for teachers to learn more about teaching Native subject matter, 
This includes hosting free educator academies to provide training to more than 600 teachers and administrators. We also funded the creation of a new American Indian Studies for Teachers course in the University of Minnesota College of Liberal Arts. And there's so much more. We provided millions of dollars in grants, both to organizations creating new K-12 programming and to individual teachers needing more classroom resources. We gave away 22,000 books written by Native authors to Minnesota teachers and students. These grants will set in motion some incredible learning opportunities, new materials, field trip visits, and more. So while the campaign has formally ended, its impact will continue through the work of our incredible grantees. All these campaign activities are great, and obviously the most important reason we do this work is for the kids. Today, I'm joined by some amazing Native students. So, I'm here today with one of our uh, younger SMSC members, Simone Naya. Um, thanks so much for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks for having me. Um, so, I've grown up in the Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux community, and... During my time growing up here, I've always tried to be as involved as I can. Um, I have worked with Youth Leadership Council, and I was chair of the Youth Leadership Council for, I think it was two years. And then when I went into college, I decided I wanted to go to school for something that would help make good change, whether that be in our state or in our community. Well, I'm glad you're here with us today, and um, you are currently a college student. Where are you going to college at? So I was at um, Mankato MSU for a little bit, and then life happens, and sometimes you have to hop off the horse, and then you can get back on. Totally fine. I moved back to my mom's, and then I started going to classes at Normandale. And so I plan on resuming classes this coming fall. I can relate. Uh, I didn't have the traditional uh, four-year college experience yep. either, so I totally understand. Well, in your time, you know, whether it was your K-12 through education or, you know, your college experience, can you talk a little bit about, you know, maybe what you saw or didn't see in your classroom when it came to Native Americans? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I can say right off the bat that I didn't see was accurate representation. Um, and by that, I mean, it was always talked, Native Americans are always talked about as a figure in the past, as a presence in the past. It was never current. There weren't, um, how in your government class, they will give you an episode of things like current events today, the news today, what's happening around the world today. Never heard a thing about what's happening in Indian country today, which is just as important as what's happening in the U.S. today. Can you talk a little bit about like how it makes you, you know, feel to to not be represented? Yeah. Um, to not see yourself. When. You're growing up, especially in that school K through 12 time. You have a hard time grasping your own identity and you have a hard time figuring out where you belong because there are a lot of people who are raised with their culture or who are 
given the luxury of being able to embrace their culture. And that's something that historically we have not ever had. Um, I wish that there were more educators that were indigenous in schools. Yeah, that would be wonderful. We definitely, it would be better to see ourselves reflected um, in our educators too, and not just the content. Yeah. Um, is there anything in particular, you know, you wish your classmates or, or teachers knew or that they were sharing in their classrooms? Some teachers don't know if their students are native, if they are indigenous. And when that happens, um, sometimes they teach incorrect information or outdated information, uh, kind of continuing on the idea of an Indian princess and things like that, where if you're a student, especially in that middle school, maybe high school range, and you're a little rebellious, you'll raise your hand right away and say, we don't have royalty. That didn't come up until how I was got competitive. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then having to have that discussion with the teacher and them tell you, oh, are you sure? How do you know this? Oh, I would love to tell you. <laughs> um, yeah. Another thing with educators who do take on the task of teaching about indigenous ways of life or indigenous history, they still use, they still use language that makes us think we're all the way back there in history. We're no longer here. We will still see uh, the Pocahontas jokes. We will still hear native language butchered often. And if there was a indigenous educator, it would be great to see our language spoken from the heart and not from a broken tongue. Uh, with some of those other things too, um, it's hard. It's such a sensitive topic educating people on native history because essentially it is just the u.s's history no i, I mean i think you're right it, it's definitely it's a hard subject because the history can be very difficult um colonization you know definitely had some really uh negative things yeah. uh as you know the united states grew so so i completely understand and you know i think too there was there weren't a lot of resources for mm -hmm. teachers, um, but today uh, and through this campaign, there's so many more resources available now. And so teachers um, have, you know, better material to teach with and hopefully uh, better tools to have those tough conversations. Oh, absolutely. And it helps the younger generations learning about it, how to handle tough topics as well. If you can't teach a tough topic, how are they supposed to learn about yeah. the tough topic? Are they supposed to say, okay, yes, this did happen in the past and we can do better. And by doing better, maybe that's having 
more representation of Native people in education. Maybe it's having even like a TA type deal where if they need to refer back to somebody, they're teaching Dakota history. If they need to refer back to the TA, maybe the TA would be able to help them get around this word that they can't pronounce instead of putting out the idea that is incorrect. Trying to stick as close as you can to the truth without being depressing or overwhelming is really hard. But if it's coming from a Native person, it might be better received. No, I agree. And, you know, it's been an absolute honor to lead this campaign on behalf of SMSC. And um, thank you as a SMSC member for your support of this campaign. And I think, you know, it's something we can all be proud of. Yeah, there's definitely a lot for you to be proud of with this campaign and for our community and it of itself to be proud of as well. Where we started, where we've been, where we are and where we'll be. Thanks so much for being here today, Simone. It was great to visit with you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Today, I'm excited to be joined by one of our SMSC uh, youth members. Uh, Chanta Brewer is here with me today. Chanta, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Hi, I'm Chanta Brewer. I'm a junior at Shockby High School, and I've been Native my entire life. (laughs) So I've been kind of in the culture since I was born. Um, So we're here today as we wrap up the Understand Native Minnesota campaign, uh, which really has done a lot for resources and narrative change um, here in Minnesota. Can you talk about, um, for you, the importance of seeing yourself represented in your classroom? Yeah, yeah, no, it would be major to have some more representation of us. At my school, we're trying to build like a smudging space right now, which even that is major, but... It's kind of weird being a Native student in uh, the United States, you know? I mean, there are a lot of, like, Native representation aspects around us because of where we live, but I know in other schools it's it's way different. Like, I've, I've had to travel before for, like, school competitions, and I get looked at like an alien because of, like, like wearing the Native hoodie and all that. So I feel like having that kind of representation at school would kind of make me feel a little bit more at home. And it does. It does make me feel a little bit more comfortable and a little bit safer and like I belong somewhere and that I have a place to to stay, which isn't something that a lot of people get, especially when they aren't like when their culture isn't the major one in the area. So having that kind of representation and the steps that we're taking towards it is beneficial, like very beneficial for Native youth. And Honestly, I like it's just incredible that we get to do this kind of stuff. Can you talk a little bit about um, some of the stuff, you know, you're working on at school to kind of increase representation and, and change that narrative a little bit? Yeah. So I'm a native student. Right. And my entire life, I've been aware of the like stigma and stereotype around Native Americans always skipping class and never doing their work and always being bad students. So first thing I always do is try to make sure I'm staying on top of that and not doing any of that stuff. I'm also a part of many different projects. In my freshman year, I got to go talk to the uh, like county board about how we can how they can improve mental health. And the way that I took with that, the avenue I went down, was including more 
representation of people because there are multiple studies shown where if a student has an adult of the same race as them that they can connect to and relate with, they will be happier. They will feel safer. They will do better in school and all that. So if we were to have those kind of resources, that would greatly influence students towards a more positive lifestyle. Yeah, so I'm I'm always trying to help things. And at school, we also have a cultural festival that we do. And I'm kind of the the resident native girl. So I kind of bring in all of our resources. I find dancers, I find drummers to come and play. So then we can have a performance because Shakopee is such a predominantly native area compared to most other cities in the entire United States. Right. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm very active in my school zone and like trying to bring representation and bring a positive image to native Americans. So that's, that's kind of what I do at my high school level. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, Understand Native Minnesota was launched in, in 2019. Um, and as a SMSC member, uh, you know, we've had the support of the community on this campaign. Um, can you talk a little bit about what it means to you to be, you know, part of that? Yeah, it feels awesome, personally. It feels like I'm part of a movement in a way, like getting that recognition and being able to show that we are still here and that we're still thriving and we're still trying to do things. That that's awesome. Being a part of that cause is it fills me with a lot of pride in where I come from and who I am and like my family and what we're doing to stay relevant, to stay alive. So then people still know that we're here. Um, so, yeah, I I really like that we are doing this and that we have been part of it for so long. It feels and is just generally really cool, you know, for lack of better words, high school lingo is just really cool, you know. Well, thank you. Um, if you could give, you know, teachers some advice about, uh, you know, teaching Native content, what would that be? Be confident in it. Take the time to visit the museum or visit with a Native American peer of yours. Take the time to learn about us and be confident in it. It's one thing to walk up and be like, so this happened, I think, but saying this happened, this is the impacts, this is the causes, effects, all of this. That is a very different thing for students. Hearing the full story versus just what you think happened is a world of difference. So if teachers could be, I'm not saying that we can just find Native American teachers out of nowhere. That's that's hard to do. We kind of just need to hope that more Native Americans want to be in the educational sphere, right? But for teachers who want to make a positive influence, who want to impact Native students more, learn about us, ask questions. One of the bravest things you can do is ask a question, you know? So if you just ask what our history is, what things we want to talk about and what things we want other people to know about and see us as, that's already doing a lot more than most other people are. So for teachers, and if you have Native students, like, just ask about it. We love answering questions. I love answering questions at least. So, I mean, just show interest. That's, to me, one of the most important things you can do. And now, because of Understand Native Minnesota, there are a lot more resources out there to, for teachers to help you know, educate themselves and, and use in their classrooms. So uh, that's a wonderful thing. What about you know, your peers? What do you wish um, you know, people knew about Native American people? Well, besides from that, we're still here. That's that's come up way too many times. I have had so many like it's, ha it's strange that it's happened multiple times that people have asked me if Native Americans are extinct. 
that's weird. But something that I wish my peers knew is that we aren't all the same. We aren't all Pocahontas. We aren't all, uh, we don't, we don't all live down south with the clay, I forget what they're called, the clay houses that they built into like the sides of mountains and all that. Yeah, like yeah. Mesa Verde. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, we don't yeah. all live like that. There's, we're very different. We change based on what region we're in and we still like embrace that change. Um, another thing is that we come in different like shapes, sizes, and colors now. We don't all look native. We don't all have that long black hair with the braid down the back. We don't look like that anymore. I mean, some of us do. That's awesome, but not all of us do. And just because we don't look like that doesn't mean that we're not Native American. So understanding that Native Americans are people, we look different, just like how anybody else from around the world is going to look different from their stereotype of culture, right? We're We're still here. We're different. And just ask questions. Don't be scared to be intrigued. You know, I think it's healthy to be curious. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your thoughts with us and for your support of the Understand Native Minnesota campaign. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm here with Chairman Cole Miller to reflect on the success of the Understand Native Minnesota campaign. All right. Um, so I'm here with our newly elected chairman, previously the vice chairman uh, of the Shakopee Midwakton Sioux community, uh, Chairman Cole Miller. Thanks so much for being here, Cole. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, excited. Kind of we're in the middle of all this this new transition, of course, with you, you know, kind of stepping back and taking a different role in the community now. Um Get our inauguration coming up this week for this new council. So it's exciting times. I'm excited to be here. It is. Well, we're wrapping up the Understand Native Minnesota campaign, um, but I think our, our tribe's commitment to education is something that will definitely live on. Um, but you've been here for the entire campaign. Can you share maybe some thoughts on it? Yeah. So it's been interesting to see. I, I'll back up. We always, we know that we're forgot about as a people. We know that people, I, I, you know, I read some of the stuff that you do and one of your lines talking about with Gabby and, and how you, you did that project and how we were portrayed as a, a figure of the past and not somebody currently here. And I, I reflect on different things I've done with Wachipi committee and stuff. And even friends I have in town, I'm, I'm active in, in the city of Shakopee and um, with different sports programs and things. And a lot of people don't understand that we're, we're right here. They, they drive by Ochokata T every day. And they don't realize that there's a, a Native American tribe right here in Shakopee, Scott County, you know. And uh, so it's important work what you're doing and what, what we've done. And it's it's really awesome. So I'm, I'm we're, we're motivated to keep it going um, and, and see these things through. But you've done a great job the last, what is it, five, six years now? It's, yeah, since 2019. It's hard yeah. to believe it's been that long. And, you know, it's definitely been an honor to be able to lead this campaign on behalf of SMSC and, you know, the fact that the the tribe supports so many of these initiatives and, you know, to see the impact of Seeds of Native Health and that legacy of that campaign continues. And I hope, you know, this campaign's legacy continues also. Right, right. Well, and I mean, like I said, it's, it is in our values. It's what we do is educate and and work with people. So this is something we have to keep going and I'm sure we'll find a way to keep you busy as well. And keep you working on these things. Well, I mean, what's, what's one of your highlights? What's something to flip the script on you and interview you a bit? Yeah, well, you know, it's been, it's definitely been an adventure because, you know, we launched in 2019 
And then the pandemic hit. And so, you know, we're kind of sitting here going, well, what are we going to do now? Educators are occupied trying to figure out how to create digital classrooms and um, everything that they had to go to. So we kind of had to pivot. And one of the pivots was uh, this podcast. So that's been really fun. Um, I've got to interview, you know, some amazing people, everybody from, you know, the lieutenant governor to authors and, you know, activists and educators. And so I think the podcast has definitely been one of the highlights. But um, just today, uh, we launched the uh, curated bibliography uh, resources for teachers. And it's over 500 resources paired with the standards um, for Minnesota education system um, for every grade level. It is really like a phenomenal uh, piece of like body of work. It's just, it's incredible. So I think that's one of the things I'm most excited about because I think that'll be an amazing resource for years to come. For sure. I agree. And it's, um, I don't want to say they don't have the excuse anymore because I don't think they use it as an excuse, but we do have so many resources out there that you've compiled. And um, it's another amazing thing to see from the work you've been doing is how many educators are motivated and they want to learn this stuff. And, and they're even sitting there going, how, how did I not know this when I'm teaching social studies to a fourth grader in Shakopee, Minnesota, where there is a tribe. So I think that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I think some of the other like partnerships we've developed too, whether it's the bell museum or, you know, the university of Minnesota in general, um, you know, from Wolf Ridge, uh, you know, many of our kids here in Prior Lake and Shakopee, attend Wolf Ridge, you know, at least once in their school career. And so to have more resources there, um, we partnered with parks, uh, the Three Rivers Park District for the Nature Center, some additional programming there. So it's really, you know, more than just teachers and educators. We've been able to partner with so many people across the state to, you know, change the narrative about us. Well, Chairman Miller, thank you so much for being here today and for your support of the campaign um, over the years. And best of luck to you in your next four years. No, thank you for for having me here today. And um, it's been fun. Every time something comes up with Understand Native Minnesota, it's been a a fun project to read and, and learn what you guys are doing. And you've just done an amazing job. So my hat's off to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. As we end this final episode, I'd like to thank you, the listeners. You are the reason we created this series, and I'm so glad that so many people have watched and listened over the years. Thank you for spending your time with me. I hope you'll continue to learn about Native issues here in Minnesota. If you haven't already, please sign up for email alerts at understandnativemn.org. We'll continue to send out periodic emails. In the show notes, we've also listed some other podcasts and resources we recommend. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for the Native Minnesota podcast. For more episodes, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also visit our website, understandnativemn.org, to learn more about our campaign's work to improve the Native narrative in Minnesota's public schools.